Hello and you are welcome to the RF podcast. It is the 22nd of March, just after half five here. Lovely bright evening here on the top floor of RF Towers. This podcast is brought to you by Grogan Concrete Mayos and Connacht's number one supplier of top dressing sand. Enda, how are you? Good, Riff. How was your trip to Oma? Uh, a nice spin. Uh, under the three hours, you were caught in you were caught in McDonald's. Was it, was it McDonald's you were caught in afterwards for 43 minutes? Oh, the way home, yeah. yeah. Uh, amateur hour, Fa- stopping there, to yeah. be honest. Fast I, I, food. Yeah, I think the Sligo Way, Sligo Way boys um, hit it on the head there. You could have went to Clooney, you know, just just Ballastadere even. You could have pulled in a lot of places there. The two minutes off the road would have saved you a lot of time. But look, at these are, it's, it's, as, as the learning. Ho- I take the learnings, right? <laughs> I'll Jay- give an interview about McDonald's and I'll take the learnings. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about taking the learnings and improving and, you know, hitting the training pitch Tuesday night and correcting those mistakes. And this is it. This is the training pitch. This is where we talk out the problems and fix them. I thought you wanted me to go to McDonald's or go to the Chipper and Colony on a Tuesday night. I'm big enough. You could, you could. It's, I, I, I wouldn't. I was long enough eating out of myself. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't fault it. I wouldn't fault any of the takeaways in the Sligo area. A lot of them are very good. So, from my experience up there, um, look, a lot of people have a lot of opinions over the over the weekend, haven't they? Yeah, I have my uh, own too. But um... have your own. Uh, Tyrone eleven, Mayo nine points. It was the score. Just a quick recap of the other games as well. Armagh thirteen points. Kerry one thirteen. Dominant by Kerry. I watched the game. Um, they were in, they they look they look good. Um, even though Armagh still had, were, were were close them in the end. Armagh coming good. Kildare twenty four points. Monaghan one twelve. Twenty four points. A serious shooting from our opposition that we'll be playing uh, at the weekend. We are, we will have on the second part of the show. Ger McNally, the editor, the Kildare Nationalist, and the commentator from Kildare FM Sport, just to uh, talk to us about the, the, the Kildare football team and, and what's going on and what to expect. Dublin 2-15, Donegal 2-11, another game that was on telly. Uh, are Dublin back in there? Didn't see much of this, Ref, but uh, they're getting players back. I put it up a couple of weeks ago, the test had come when the players started to come back. Yeah. They're coming back and they're putting up big scores and they're winning. So... Uh, the demise of Dublin was probably greatly exaggerated, but I still expect Kerry to beat them in the Ireland semi-final. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, uh, it's, um, it's. Do you still think Mayo are going to get to a league final? Yep. No, uh, the league final. I'm changing my mind a bit based on last weekend. I don't think our management have any interest in playing in a league final. Okay. So you probably see it as probably a nuisance for them. So would you be back yeah. in Kildare on five points by looking at the table? Like so, they have a they have a great. Kildare campaign. can qualify for a league final if yeah. results go their way. They'll be they'll want to get to there and get to an, another game in Crow Park. I'm, I'm sure that the Leinster Championship isn't as they aren't parked up as close as a mustering game compared to uh, what Mayo are in Galway. Yeah, Kildare nine to four to win the weekend. Yeah. I'll wait till the team is announced on Thursday morning and if there's a if certain players not playing for Mayo, I'll be driving into Kildare. Yeah. I will um you won't be able to go attend the game and I I go and uh, we'll cover it above in Carrick to make sure everyone keeps keeps yeah. a, 
a close focus on what's going on. And um, yeah, it's look at it's it's league football. Um, this one thing I suppose you know, like I like the way Jack O'Connor is doing it. It's we're going to win every game we can, and we're going to leave Clifford on the bench, but still bring him on. It was, just, I think, another little statement again from him. I prefer to be that way. I, I was kind of disappointed in the Mayo performance. Looking back at the time, I, I tweeted something stupid like um, Tyrone had to win, Mayo didn't. But like, it's what six months ago, just over six months ago since Tyrone bet them in an All Ireland final. You know, bet that group were with their their best chance ever to win one. You think they would have a bit a bit more bit more juice in the tank to to try and you know get a bit of revenge or am I, or am I just thinking thinking over critically here? Yeah, I yeah. was very annoyed <laughs> at, the, at the match. Right. It was putrid stuff. I mean, this was the worst game of football I've attended in a long time. I was a bit better standard junior championship games in Mayo last year. Yeah. It was putrid. Ball handling, mistakes from both teams. But the conditions the bad. More I, no, the more I thought about it, I think Mayo are in the middle of a heavy training block. They're a month out from the game that will decide if they're in an All-Ireland quarter-final. Yeah. Because the the provincial losers more than likely will be in an All-Ireland quarter-final. So it's a, this is a huge game. And I think they're doing heavy training. Like, clearly like Kevin McLaughlin doesn't make the mistakes he made the last day normally. I just think they were out on their feet all over the field. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I think that's the reason that Paddy Dorkin and Jermaine O'Connor were arrested because I'd say with the heavy training, they didn't want to risk them picking up injuries. Yeah, I think Ryan O'Donnell um, now is still a donny one to have Right, He's the one I'm going to move on to. <laughs> okay. He is by far our most important player. If they have no interest in winning the weekend, don't play him. Yeah. Leave him off. If, if if you have no interest in playing in a league final, what's the point in playing Ryan O'Donnell? And risk an injury. And risk an injury. Oh, like, and, uh, ag- again, the weekend, yeah. our starting six forwards, one point from play from our starting six forwards. You're starting to sound and, like a, a broken record, end of a, yeah, You're well, talking about a broken well, right, line. We got nine. We got nine points on the day, and we got one point from play from six starting forwards. Are you counting marks as points from play? No, a mark is a mark. It's not a point from play. Mm. <laughs> There's a reason it's called a mark. It's not called a point from play. We scored <laughs> one point from play. Yeah. Okay. I, I done a little exercise today, ref, because yeah. I'm very concerned about this over the league. So I looked at all eight Division One teams and what their starting six forwards have scored in every game. Okay. So every so so every for every team in Division One and what their six fo- what their forwards have scored from play. In each game. So we'll take Kerry the first day out to score 110 and to score 1 5 from play from the starting six forwards. Okay. And I've done it for each Kerry game. And on average, 61% of Kerry's scores, overall score, 62 points out of 101. Now I've obviously put the goals in the points. So it's 101 yeah. points total, 62. And 61% of their scores have come from 
play. Ooh. Now, bottom of the table is Tyrone, who have only scored 67 points in their six games, and 22 of them come from play. So that's 33%. It's a shocking statistic. Kerry has scored nearly as much of them from play so as what, Tyro- uh, what Tyrone has scored in total. Yeah. But second bottom of the eight teams is Mayo. Okay. We have scored 82 points in total and 31 of them have come from play, which is just slightly less than 38%. Okay. The most points we have scored from play in any game of our six games is four. So you have six starting forwards and uh, have never managed to score more than four points from play between the six of them in six games. Pathetic. Uh, Absolutely pathetic effort. Yeah. So I'm gonna, it's I'm gonna, the game style. It's the I'm, game style. Yeah. I'm going to play, play a devil's advocate here with you. Um, Mayo's style of play, it's run and win and yeah. freeze. I understand that. It's the game style. Yeah. I, I, I'm not naive not to know where it's coming from. So, so now, we net. did get goals. Yeah. Uh, so we got two goals against Monaghan and we got two goals against uh, Dublin. But we never managed to raise a white flag more than four times in any match. You wouldn't accept it at club level. It's an incredible stat. When you, it's it, absolutely well, abysmal like, ref. If you, if you considered, if you went back 10 years ago and you had a team playing the ultra defensive and going for the 7-6 mm. or the, the 11-10, you'd say, okay, but I don't, the Mayo aren't playing that brand of football either. It's still forwards up front. However, um, oh, look, it's hard to argue with you, isn't it? And I like arguing with you. So I'll yeah, say it's, 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 the, it's the style of play. Look at Kilden O'Connor's. Wasn't there, there was an article today about how he has quite the percentage, I think, 60% from uh, his points are from freeze, while David Clifford's is 30%. Would that be right? Something like that. Yeah. There's a, there's a, massive, um, there's a massive jump. But that is, that is frightening and it's alarming and it's a problem that's been highlighted by many. So I'm going to ask you now, Enja, is how do we fix it? You change your game style and give the forwards a chance to score. Stop your you half-backs running up on top of them. So you just want the half-backs to put it in on top of the half-forward line slash full-forward line. And if they want to come off the shoulder and take the ball at pace, fair enough. Like last Saturday evening, ref, the amount of times we had the ball in the half-forward line and we kicked the ball back to our quarterback. <laughs> Uh, there was marking space. Yeah. He was marking a man. So Fergal Bowling goes down to Kerry. He scores three points from play from wing forward. So what do we do the next day out? Do we see how he does wing forward? No. We shove him back to wing back, put Stephen Cohen into centre back and have Aiden sit in marking space. That was our game plan. Yeah. Um, what I, are we I, doing? Are we, tr- are we trying to... Uh, make Fergal Boland look bad by putting him back to wing back because he was good the first day. Have we picked the team already for Galway? Fer- oh, Fergal done well. We need to make sure to play- people think he's not good enough. We put him back wing back. Is that I, I, the idea? I, I, of it? I think I think that's lunacy. I think that that's good pub talk. But I'm sure maybe he just wants to highlight. Maybe he just wants to try him out wing back. He tried him there before, um, and see does he have extra cover at wing back. 
Um, but he did the Hessian on the bench. Yeah, but it, it was Henda Hessian fully able to play 70 minutes or... Well, he came, he came on at half time. Yeah, maybe he's only right for 35 minutes, you know, especially if they're, he's just back and they're in a heavy training block. Oh, look, maybe maybe he didn't want him kicking for three or four more points and then because it comes to the Galway game, everyone knows we're going to be looking for a bowling to get three or four points and Joyce puts a target on him and says, this man is going to score. Well, consistently, any time very good bowling plays, he chips in with three or four points. So, well, Ireland yeah. final day last year, he wasn't seeing. Yeah, but it's just, it's amazing sometimes what, what management teams can, 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 can let slip, you know. Maybe, yeah, but, maybe uh, he has such a short maybe, hand that he's mixing up things now because he doesn't want anyone to show his hand. Like it has been very easy in previous years to pick the Mayo team, pick the positions and what the roles are. You always have maybe one or two options to, to be changed. So maybe he's saying to himself, look, we'll try a few new things. We don't need to win the game. We could still potentially make a league final. If we don't make one, boo-hoo. If we do, we could still chance a few more experiments. Yeah. I think we're reading too I've much no, into it. Yeah, sorry, Ref. I've no doubt that we didn't want to. We didn't care if he won the game or not last weekend. Yeah. But every All Ireland final, and there's plenty of them to go back on. What's the reason we lost? Because we couldn't get scores from play. Our free taking, Killian's free taking, was fine. We know our backs come up and got their scores, but we hadn't the forwards to win. And here we are, six games into a league, and we haven't scored more than four points in any game. And we have a forward that scores three points from play and we put him back in the backs. Yeah. It's very hard to, to come up with any reason when we have a surplus of half-backs. The, the whole county is talking about how many backs we have. Michael Plunkett, Enda Hessian, Oshin Mullen, Owen McLaughlin, Stephen Cohen. There's only room for three of them. And then we put the one forward that scored down and carry back in the backs. Yeah, maybe he's just doing it to mind games, just to annoy you. <laughs> He's working. It's it's look at it. No, we're never going to get the answer to it. No, this is the What's thing. What's the definition of insanity, ref? Doing the same thing time after time after time. We went and played Tyrone last week. We learned in the All Ireland final that you can't run at Tyrone or the dispossession. What did we do? We ran at them. We ran at them. Yeah. We played Aidan O'Shea sitting behind centre-back, marking space. What about putting him in full forward, putting a few high balls in and let Ryan O'Donoghue work off him? Actually kick the ball in. Yeah. It's, it's look, at it's the league as well, and we have to... Oh, uh, come here. Look, I if it was me, if it was me, I'd be going balls out in every game and, and getting a yeah. bit of momentum. Uh, 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 by the way, the, the match last week didn't matter if we won or lost. But what matters is you don't do the same thing time after time, ref. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. With the second low, lowest scoring percentage in the league from play. Yeah. Look Go at- back over the matches. The only match that we were completely dominant in was the Dublin match when did half a team. Every other match was 50-50 if we won or lost. Yeah. Going into the last couple of minutes, we're very lucky to be safe in this league. If you look we're at the stats, always, we're always very lucky to be winning games too. Yeah. Style of play, I think. Yeah. Um, well, we keep teams in it for their style of play. We do. We like Tyrone, of... we're, we're absolutely pathetic. Call a spade a spade. They were pathetic. So are they beat us. Well, they were last week. No, he left off players. Last week. Uh, <laughs> 
It's not that I'm worried about the result last week. What I'm worried about is what the stats are telling me. We can't score from play. Yeah. Look at Galway. They're firing over scores, but were Mayo scoring from them play? Sort of, were, sco- were Mayo scoring that in Division Two last year? Probably were, yeah. They but were. we're still Killian was. Uh, Killian was there for all the games up until the Clare Conroy, game. Conroy was. Don't know who. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there, there is a point that we are missing players. We're missing score. Conroy and Killian O'Connor. But we're going to be missing Conroy for the championship. And we still haven't seen Killian yet, so it's yeah, unknown it, if Killian's going to be available. If, 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 if right was right and Killian got back, he'd be worth a few points a game. Conroy's a big loss from last year. Jim O'Connor is chipping in a couple of points. Like, all of a sudden there, there's a, you could see there's a wider there's a bit of deficiency maybe this season. You know, if we, we lost yeah. Jim at the last night, we didn't play him. So that might be one or two points. You know, I think moving him, and we moved him away in the, in this, in the, the game, previous game before, we played him wing forward because we had to accommodate O'Shea at 11. Anyway, there might be reasons for it, and it's a good point, and, uh, and I completely agree with you, and I think most of the country does as well. You need to score from play if you're going to win all Ireland. Now you need to yeah, finish that's the your, only point, Ed. You need to finish as your the best The result 15. doesn't matter, Ref. The yeah. result does not matter last week. Thank God the result was in it because I got a few quid out of it. When I seen the team, I figured that they didn't want to win the match. You don't yeah. put two rookies into a full back line away from home if you want to win. It was an, ex- so a, an experimental what, team, but uh, you know, yeah. McBride was under pressure on Cabinet for a while. But what I will say about it is there's no better way for a young lad. He's 19. To, if you want to learn, if this was a club game and it was a Kelly Cup game and you were playing Westport or someone like that, you throw in some young fella, Mark and Cullum Moore or Killian Kilkelly or Adam Kennedy, and he might get a bit of a scutcheon, but he learned 10 times more doing that. Um, I think it was massive value to Jonathan McHugh. It was massive value to David McBride. There's nothing wrong with a young lad in a league game that doesn't even matter getting a bit of a getting a bit of a tough time. Even McBride done well um, at times. So like that's the only way you learn. There's no point wrapping that young lads in cotton wool. They're going to get their arses handed some time, some time. This is senior championship or senior division one football. This is the nature of the beast. So this cracker when yeah. some lad plays poorly. Oh, he's no good. He's no really good. I mean, there's. Me, you, and there's, t- there's thousands of other people in this county that wrote Jordan Flynn off last year and, and the year before, and we said, look, if you can't do it for crossing the line in an intermediate game, then what, what, why are we trying for Mayo? And he's going to be the choice midfielder next, next uh, month against Galway. He is the set midfielder at Rouen now, and we're going with it. And you know what? He deserves it. And I think a lot of people have to put their hand up and swallow their words over the last, um, the last six months to a year, including myself. That's, you know, there's, there's, there's lads putting their hands up and, and, and I think we have to look at the positives as well. Look, there is positives and there's also the things that's going wrong and you've highlighted it. Well, the, the points from play is a serious issue, but we can't, we, we maybe, we, we, you know, we, we, we are, we're trying something different. I know there's other players probably didn't probably do as well, but there's, um, there's still some positives in this league campaign, I think. Oh, come here, there's positives from the league campaign, but it's all about the league literally does not matter. It's all about championship for us. I'd like to have found scoring forwards during the league. Yeah. Personally, that's that's just the way I look at it. I'd like to see we, we kicked the ball in one match against Dublin and it worked and it has stopped since. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, but, uh, it's all it's yeah. there. We'll talk more about uh, about Mayo afterwards with with, with Jeremy McNally on the second half yeah. of the show. But in the, any other bits and bobs, club action is starting up. Amara Cup, Kelly Cup is kicking off this weekend. Underage leagues is starting up. I think we've done under sixteen leagues on tonight. The minor leagues is on the weekend or minor championship. Great to have it back. That's great to have football back. Uh, don't sense much. Uh, sense of excitement among the players about the division of leagues first I don't know what you're hearing but uh, there doesn't seem to be much interest among the playing cohort only they don't have to train when there's matches I <laughs> that's exactly what I'd be thinking <laughs> if I was it was nice yeah. to touch you on some bench somewhere I'd be going lovely don't, don't get the whole run of me Sunday morning um, will you see more teams doing that now it's a big ask you know the way they run the subs after the match I seen Westport done it last year. The first team to do it at club level. Is it going to be the norm now? Because I know to put off not an awful lot of lads that I think I'm not going to play at all. Well, well you know the GA is a copycat culture. Tomás O'Shea famously said once at one, uh, one stage, if Tyrone went Irish dancing at half four in the morning, Kerry'd start at four o'clock. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it is a copycat culture and. Coaches will see county teams doing it and say, we have to be seen to do it. Yeah. It's like there was a fad there at one stage for the early morning training sessions at half six, seven o'clock in the morning, show that we're in this together, lads. Yeah. Well, a lot of it as well, though, if you have, which there will be game week on, week on, week on, if you have a young fella maybe in college or he's might be missing from one of the training sessions a week and he's sitting on the bench and, and all them players ahead of him are getting an extra session during the week, and they're getting to play a match. Lads don't be long falling behind the pack, and it can get very easy to go to for lads to turn around and go, ah, "Fuck it!" Now I'm 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 miles off the pace. This team now, and they'll end up playing a bit of junior and pack it in. So maybe it might be beneficial beneficial to do this bit of bit of work with the subs. Just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that there won't be that many subs early in the season anywhere. Ref. I think, like definitely at senior level. Most clubs have a few involved with either the senior county team, done the 20 team. Mm. Uh, they're going to be down numbers. There's still injuries clearing up from last year. Is so it, uh, I don't uh, think. Yeah. Are any of these games unlimited subs? Or no. I'm sure if you said it to the ref and, and, and both teams agree, you could have unlimited yeah. subs. It would make yeah. sense and play another 10, 15 minutes if you had to. Probably um, won't happen because the, the governing bodies will be worried about the integrity of their competitions. <laughs> uh, What's well, about ref? Uh, I think ref, we might finish up now and, yeah. and maybe uh, bring on the guest and we can have another few minutes when he finishes off. If that's perfect. okay. Yeah, that's perfect. We'll join back for part two with Jeremy McNally to get the lowdown on Kildare and um, what to expect the weekend from them. Chat soon. Hello, and you're welcome back to the RF podcast here to part two. And we have a man from Kildare. It's Ger McNally, the commentator for KFM Sport, joined us here on the top floor of RF Towers. Ger, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you, lads. Thanks for inviting me on. Great to be here. Well, we, 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 we're, we're very much appreciative you take time out to give us a kind of a what to expect or the side to, of, of, of what Mayo should be looking at come. Uh, Sunday against uh, Kildare in Carrick on Shannon. Ger, Kildare football this year, what's the story? What's the, the, the midterm assessment so far? 
Yeah, well, I suppose obviously with the appointment of Glenn Ryan and the management team, they can meet him as well. Three three greats to go along alongside Glenn. Uh, four of the best players to ever pull on a Kildare jersey, and uh, some of the greats of the game. Like obviously there was a huge buzz around Kildare GAA, especially going into Division One as well on the back of Jack O'Connor's season last year. Um, so yeah, everything was kind of building up towards some big games in Newbridge, <clears throat> particularly when it was Jack coming back in for the first game with his Kerry team, and 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 Dublin as well in Newbridge and. Uh, yeah, overall, the Kildare team has gone pretty well so far. A little bit of a case of a Jekyll and Hyde with them because the games in Newbridge, they've done really well and have taken all five of the league points from the three home games. Um, but yeah, obviously the, the away games haven't been us uh, kind of fruitful. Three trip north to come back with zero points. So um, it's looking like they'll have to end that run of away defeats at, at the weekend if they're going to kind of avoid relegation, uh, you know, depending on other results elsewhere. Yeah, uh, they're, they're five points. Um, so far, they're mid-table. What's the confidence confidence levels like within the county? Are the supporters expecting, uh, you know, Kildare to maybe potentially take o- take Mayo on and uh, kick on, or is it a case of we're away from home? Is it? Um, yeah, no, no. I'd say Kildare supporters. It doesn't take too much to get kind of Kildare supporters. Uh, dreaming of, of better days and they're uh, kind of optimist, optimistic about what might come and certainly with Glenn in place and, and, and things like beating Dublin uh, for the first time in over 20 years will, will certainly add to that um, it, it's really important I think for this team to avoid relegation to Division 2 uh, I, I don't think it's kind of realistic maybe just yet to be talking about silverware in terms of a, a Leinster title and stuff in, in Glenn's first year uh, but I, I think you can see you probably know from yourself your, your brief kind of spell in Division 2 last year how different it is, the intensity of the games and, and for a young side like Kildare and in fairness to Glenn, like he's had a huge turnover of players and kind of quietly gone about um, establishing a, a very young side there and you want those players to be playing against the very best teams to develop them um, even just part of the occasion as well the, the, the crowds in St. Connors Park for those two games against Kerry and, and Dublin in particular are fantastic occasions and they're all kind of what a, a supporter dreams of and what a player wants to be part of as well so it's a, it's a key game going into this weekend, there is the possibility that Kildare could lose and still stay up um, but yeah, that's probably you know you'd be leaving it in the hands of others then. So you know it's a really important game I think for Kildare. Has the Jer... yeah, Jer, uh, I'm friendly with a well-known Clare supporter, Frank Duffy, and Frank reckons that last week's 24-point uh, scoring performance was the best performance from a Kildare team since the Kieran McGinley days. Would you agree? But I wouldn't like to argue with Frank anyway. Yeah, he's uh, he put me fairly straight, uh, fairly quickly. Um, yeah, no, I think I said something similar like that last weekend on, on radio as well. It's, it's hard to remember because their shooting performance like that certainly, uh, like there was so few wides uh, and to score 24 points against the Division One side. You know, you can argue maybe Monaghan aren't the side that they were a couple of years ago. They're still a Division One team, um, and Kildare have struggled to that even to uh, Division Two or Division Three teams in the recent past. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a, a really good forward performance and I suppose as well it was done without Daniel Flynn who most people from outside the county certainly and, and within the county as well will, will probably say that he's one of Kildare's best players and, and even one of the top players in the country on, on his best days so to lose him kind of close to the game due to illness and still have a full forward line that rattled off 15 points uh, was hugely encouraging Yeah, and you just want to see that on a consistent basis now. Uh, has the has the you know you mentioned Jacko there a couple of times? Has the rate of improvement 
increase with Glenn's taking over, or do you think if Jacko was there for another year, would you still be on a similar trajectory? Um, I, I th- it's hard to know on the field, but like I think definitely just the fact that Glenn and that management team is there is added a different buzz just around the county mm. um, among supporters, you know. Th- Again, it's hard to judge. You're comparing Division Two games with Division One games, and coming through the COVID and all that as well. People were just delighted to get back out. But there's been an extra special buzz around the games in Division One this year. Uh, Jack coming back and it would carry the way it was for the first yeah. game, of course, out of that, and then the fact that it was Dublin and Newbridge for the first time, I think, since 1995 as well. So, like, they would have been huge occasions, no matter who's in charge. But there's no doubt about it that that Glenn Ryan being in charge and being the man leading the team has definitely giving something extra to the supporters at the moment. Um, like I, I think Jack had already started in, in terms of play, players. He's had a bit of a turnover. Um, you guys would have known, I'm sure, some of the guys who would have played against Mayo in the 2018 or in the 20 final that day when Kildare won and Jack O'Connor had already started to introduce some of those players and, and they now are exposed. Glenn is coming in at a nice time. Those lads are now 23, maybe 20, 23, 24. Some of them are Jimmy Hyland is, is really hitting his stride now at the moment and Glenn is coming in at a nice time in terms of meeting those lads um, but last weekend somebody told me as well last weekend was the first time that Kildare finished the game uh, with no members of the side who reached an Ireland on the 21 side back in 2013 before losing to Galway um, and that side has kind of formed the backbone of the Kildare team for the best part of the last you know it's approaching 10 years now at this stage there would have been a huge number of that side who went on and uh, for championship games there could have been as many as 10 or 11 players at, at different stages over the last seven or eight years playing on championship days so for for no players from that team to be involved uh, in that Monaghan game on Sunday and for it to be such a, a wonderful performance and everything with, that went with it as well and um, yeah, it just kind of suggests that there is just a changing at the guard going on at the moment Chair um Watching the, the, the bits of the game, I've seen Ryan Houlihan was outstanding. Who are the players that you'd be telling Mayo supporters to watch out for the weekend? Yeah, Houlihan has been superb. He's been, um, you know, it's a bit of a master stroke of the management, really, because Ryan Houlihan would have been always a, a wing back and a kind of a raiding wing back. And really, uh, you know, he also had that speed about him and he's a very dynamic player and, and love to get forward. But um, they played him corner back this year and he's turned into a really tenacious, tight man-marker, but still with the ability to get forward. People maybe would have seen the clip on Sunday there of him bursting through from midfield and he had a shot that was uh, pushed over the bar by Rory Began. It would have been one of the goals of the season had he had scored it. Uh, but yeah, he's capable of that sort of thing. And the full-back line has actually grown to be very, very solid. Uh, Shea Ryan uh, picked up an award there during the week for his performances for DCU in the Sigerson Cup. And again, at fullback, he's really kind of nailing down that position. And Mick O'Grady is the third member of that fullback line, who'll be the team captain and uh, the most experienced man of that back line. Um, but I suppose it's in the forward line where, where you, you pick up the lads. Um, Jimmy Highland, I, I've mentioned it before, he was the star of that under 20 side that went on and beat Mayo in 2018 in, in Crow Park. And he scored 10 points that day against Mayo. Um, but it, it took him a couple of years maybe to find his feet at senior level, which is only to be expected. But he is now a, a very, very consistent performer. And, and Kildare haven't had too many players down through the years. You're, you're maybe going back to Johnny Doyle, you know, when you have a forward that you're going out of the field, you know, you, you, you're almost guaranteed five, six, seven points. And Jimmy is starting to reach that level of consistency now through this Division One campaign. Um, yeah, that Daniel Flynn is going to be a, a really interesting one because the performance was so good last Sunday in his absence and that there maybe is a case that Daniel is 
brilliant as he is, he's a bit individualistic. You know, he does things off the cuff and he does his own thing. And sometimes they lead to absolutely incredible goals. But at the same time, that there maybe is a case to be made that as a unit, uh, things clicked a little bit better. But that's, you know, that's only one game. So that's still uh, Daniel, Daniel will have a big part to play for Calair. But the, the one fellow that I would pick out would be, um, he made his first start there last week, Dara Kerwin, who played for Nace um, this year. I'm sure people would have heard maybe that Nace went on and won their first Kildare title in, uh, in over 30 years. He was a big part of getting Nace to a Leinster final then. Unfortunately, missed out in the Leinster final actually with a bit of an injury uh, and that's kind of dogged the early part of the inter-county season for him. But he started his first game there on Sunday against Monaghan uh, and he was superb. I thought he, he kicked five points for play and uh, you know he's a big, strong lad, has a nice turn of pace. He wouldn't be as blisteringly fast as Daniel Flynn, but not, uh, not a slouch by any means. And uh, two-footed, like Jimmy Hyland, the two of them are, are equally as good off either foot, which is a huge, huge bonus. And it's incredible to see so many players playing at a, an elite level that aren't kind of comfortable on both feet. But uh, Dara and Jimmy stand out particularly because of their um, ability to use both feet. And then, and then Paddy Woodgate as well on the other corner probably deserves a mention of that. He's come in, another one of those under-20 players and had a good impact this year. Um, he's <laughs> he's the opposite of Dara and Jimmy. He's definitely very one-footed, but he has a very sweet left foot and, and brings a nice balance to the attack too and kicks left foot the freeze and stuff like that so all in all yeah, yeah. it's been pretty good before a pretty good year in, in terms of bringing those lads in but the, you know there's, there's players there who were stalwarts of Kildare for the last four or five God, I can go back to ten years um, who haven't got a look in so far and um, like Savon Doyle David Highland, Fergal Conway um, who are still in around the squad pushing hard and, and, and trying to come on but at the moment it's those younger players that are kind of uh, have been at the heart of the best of Kildare performances so far yeah, you mentioned you mentioned a good few of the the performers in 2018. I think we we're we're getting the our dividends from that team as well. Ryan O'Donoghue, Tommy Conroy, even Jordan Flynn as well. Just some of the players that are coming into the Mayo squad at the time. I just want to circle back again, and which I think it was last week's podcast, maybe two weeks ago, a name came up that shocked me, shocked I think a lot of people in Mayo on the Kildare backroom team, Charlie McGreevy. <laughs> How would this? Uh, when was this? Was he there all the time? I know he's with McGinney at one stage at under twenty one. Where did this come about? I didn't even know he was involved in football. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's always had a, a graph for football anyway. Yeah, and he would have been in and out at different stages. I think he was involved when Kieran was there, but I think it would be a, a friendship with Glenn as well. Um, okay. so I'm not exactly sure of his role in the back row. I don't, I don't think he's a selector now or anything like that, but he certainly is there. Yeah. Um, very closely near the first team, but yeah, I think there's a friendship with Glenn that has him involved at the moment. Um, he's we, been, we have a couple. Of, we I think we have a few like that ourselves in Mayo. There's a few bucks in the backroom team as well to be ministers of finances. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's signing checks anymore as freely as he used to back in the day. Yeah, he never got around to signing one for it to uh, get a new St. Collins Park in time. Unfortunately, and you were a bit slow that time. When, uh, no, and Biffo, Biffo got his got yeah. his wish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, come championship. Jared, oh, go on. Sorry, Rev. Jared, Nice. Uh, just when we're on. Is there a period of domination coming in Kildare football from Nace that they won the championship obviously this year and then Nace CBS? I thought it was one of the best matches I've watched in years in the final last week. Um, they probably have led from outside the town, but is there a, a big period coming of domination? Yeah, yeah. Well, now look, it's hard to look down the line. It was 10 years ago here in Kildare. We thought a tie were going to be the coming side that they won the county title in 2011 and look to have everything in place to go on and be the dominant side for a number of years. And 
uh, it took them the, the best part of 10 years. I think it was 2018 or it was during the COVID, it was 2020 before they won a title again. So, um, yeah, it doesn't always work out, but from the on the face of it, yeah, nice of everything in place there. Um, they've, they've been cleaning up at underage level, and that's always kind of a good indicator about where things will go in a few years. But the interesting team about that nice CBS uh, team was that uh, there was I think five or six players from the Raheens club who are one of the old kind of traditional clubs here in Kildare, but had, were in the doldrums for a long, long time. Like they were the, the first Kildare team to win a Leicester Club title back in the early 80s, but um, dipped into the intermediate for a long, long spell. And it's only now in, in the last couple of years that they've got back to senior level that they're starting to, to make themselves known again. And they have a number of good uh, young lads coming through. So it could be that kind of um, battle maybe that could bring the best out of both of them because that's maybe something that we've all said up here that Nace have lacked, that kind of drove Sarsfield and Moorfield on in the previous decade, it was that kind of rivalry between them. If Moorfield had won the, the title one year, you could almost guarantee that Sarsfield would be back, um, you know, winning it the following year because there was nothing that would inspire them more over the cold winter months of pre-season training with them, the kind of memories of seeing their rivals celebrating a, um, a county title. So maybe it could be nice and, and Raheem's doing that now for the next few years. Klain as well have done very well underage. Um, yeah, that's a, as I said, it, it's, it bodes well for Kildare football to have that because Sarsfields, Moorfield, Selbridge and Tide, they're not going anywhere either. So um, to have that sort of competitive nature in a, in a club championship can only be a good thing. And um, I, I said a few times on radio as well that somebody told me a long time ago that Kildare would never be successful until they were successful schools teams driving them on as well. And Nace are definitely doing that now. They've won three of the last four Leinsters and finally got their hands in that Hogan Cup as well. So yeah, like there's a lot of good things happening there on the range level. Is it is it is it sheer population influx into these areas like Nace that's that's the main driving force behind it, or is there a, a serious effort put into the other age? I know it's, it's um, you know you can't one thing you can't you can't create is population. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean that's it. But at the same time, you have to use that properly as well. So it's probably a mixture of both, really. And um, Nace do have massive numbers, but I know. They have uh, they have problems then as well in, in terms of getting pitches for their teams as well, and it's a problem that maybe smaller clubs wish they could have. But at the same time, it is a problem. The I think they only have three pitches themselves, and they have huge number of teams between boys and girls, underage, all the way up then to, to senior level as well. And and they're um, themselves in Selbridge are the only ones you know really competing for. Uh, football and hurling titles at senior level in Kildare and, and Nace as well are, are very good ladies football and camogie sides as well so like they, they compete at, at probably every age level up along the way and uh, and it is a problem for them to get pitches and, and enough access to pitches but at the same time when you have that amount of numbers and you have those players coming through yeah it's a huge advantage and if they can just harness all that yeah they're going to be a, a, a very potent force in the years to come but like Newbridge is a big uh, big area there themselves as well so the likes of Sarsfield and Moorfield as I said they, they won't be going anywhere anytime soon Jared, a little chuckle there you said the Nace only had three pitches Mayo have no pitch they're going around the clubs in the county looking for somewhere to train for, for yeah. an inter-county team so Nace aren't doing too bad yeah yeah look it's a there's always somebody else uh, worse off, isn't there, as well? But yeah, no, that's, that's crazy to hear that now, all right? But yeah, I suppose Kildare, look, you know, up here in Hawkfield as well, but, you know, we, the training centre up here has four pitches, and at the time that went in, I think it's about, um, would have been maybe McGinney's time, a little bit before McGinney's time, maybe 2008, 2009, I think when it was open, and at the time, it seemed huge, and, and you know, you think you'd never finish, but it's burst into the seams now, and they could probably do something again twice the size over, you know, it's... Uh, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's a great complaint to have people who want to be involved and want to play, and young kids at all ages are, are coming through. But, um, yeah, I suppose there's a lot of people behind the scenes that never get the credit for those sort of things. They're obviously, um, 
know, the, the GDPOs and all that, so GDOs that are uh, the, the development officers around the county, they're going at the clubs now as well and um, into schools and stuff like that as well. So it seems a good time at the moment that uh, numbers and in, in, in playing and are, are really on the, the rise. So it's a uh, yeah, good, good positive things at the moment. And, and I suppose a, a good senior team as well can only help that too. Just to, you mentioned GDOs. Have you many G, GDOs in the county in Kildare? Oh God, you put me on the spot now. I think it was five full-time ones, and then there's some part-time ones as well. And then there was the um, what is it, the East Coast development thing as well that they had. Oh, that yeah. were, were coming into clubs as well, or being shared. There was guys being shared between three and four different clubs in, in the locality as well. So I think there has been a move. We had an increase in numbers over the last few years that has certainly. Uh, benefited clubs as well uh, as kind of inter-county development squads as well so yeah again that's kind of something that, that was needed like you know there was a, a money put in I think by the Leicester Council of Fairness to them as well and so it was obviously something that was done in, um, against the kind of influx of money that had gone into Dublin that was so outweighted in Leinster for so long so uh, maybe we we're just starting to see the effects of that balancing out As the whispers of Leinster titles Quite a bit since there's been a Dublin resurgence. I know when it looked like at one stage that Dublin were looked like they were dead duck, but you know they're coming to life again. Is there still is it still a realistic shout for Kildare to challenge for a Leinster title to win one to get things going again in Leinster to make it a bit more competitive? Um, yeah, you'd like to think so. I'd still say it's been very optimistic now in Glen Ryan's first year. I think maybe it'd be more so. Um, you know, if if Kildare could get two or three years of Division 1 football, um, I think it's very realistic in the next two or three years to be challenging um, if they establish themselves in Division 1 and establish themselves. Like, Kildare, you know, they, they've lost 10 away games in a row in Division 1 over the last three campaigns, going back to actually beating Mayo in, in 2013 in Castle Bar. You know, they're, they're still a bit bit of a weakness there, you know, going up the north, albeit to treat very difficult games against Tyrone, Donegal, particularly Tyrone, they left the game behind them. They, they, they could be kicking themselves come Sunday evening about not at least getting a draw that day. And they also lost the weight to Armagh. So, you know, this it's not a finished article called their team by any means whatsoever. But you, you would like to think in a one-off game in the summer, that Kildare certainly would at least be able to push Dublin a little bit closer. And again, going back to the supporters, I think that the fact that Kildare beat Dublin and Newbridge gets that monkey off the back of not having beaten them for 20 years. So you would at least have a little bit more belief around the county and a little bit more backing from the stands, I think, for, for a Kildare team going into Crow Park for a Leicester final or semi-final or whatever way it might play out. And again, Kildare can never look too far ahead. It, it, you know, the quarterfinal has to be one force in Kildare. Many times they've been caught in the past, thinking about what they might do against Dublin in the final on the uh, to allow their Westmead early in Leinster, you know, or, or somebody else as well. So there'll be no one kind of getting too carried away. But um, yeah, on, on the back of a good Division One campaign and hopefully staying up at, at the end of Sunday, they would at least travel with a bit of belief. Uh, and certainly that would be something because in the last 10 years, belief has just ebbed away. Uh, and going into Leinster finals, you're talking about can we keep the scoreline down to 10 points or, you know, if it keeps down to single digits and that's a horrible way to be going in. And yeah. even the players themselves, like you talk to the players beforehand and, and, and they tell you that they they believe they can beat Dublin. And, and of course they would, and they'd say that. Uh, but, you, you know, it never really looked that they went out on the pitch in the last 10 years, believing that they could beat Dublin in a big game in Crow Park. I, I think you'd have to go back to um, 2011, Kildare lost a Leicester semi-final to a, a very hotly disputed free kick in the last minute. And that was probably the last time that Kildare travelled to Pro Park against Dublin, believing they could beat them or believing that they were on a level footing with them. Um, so, yeah, to even get back close to that this summer in, in year one under Glen Ryan would be a huge, huge achievement, I think. 
Here, last question from me. Um, traditionally, Kildare have been great supporters. Are they, be, are they traveling in numbers to away games to follow the team or COVID? Has, is it slow enough getting supporters and thinking of the capacity of 12,000 in Carrick and Shannon? Yeah, yeah, well, it would be fairly ironic now if it was Kildare supporters giving out about a small venue for an away fixture. So I don't think Kildare supporters are in any position, even if it, uh, the, the scramble for tickets are, are tight. Um, yeah, for, and just kind of reading there, you're on about COVID numbers rising. I hope that's not going to have any sort of an impact. But there's been, as I said, a real buzz around um, the Kildare game so far. Um, you know, the, the, the away trips have kind of been good for supporters as well. And, and some of them have had a good night out. And I'm sure a few of them will be in Carrick on, on Saturday as well, which is all part of it too. But yeah, hopefully, as I said, you know, this, that's, it's part of it. It's, it's getting that belief. Glenn has that buzz around the place again. And a couple of big wins have helped that out. And I think staying in Division 1 is absolutely key to kind of prolonging that into the summer as well. So um, I, I definitely see this as a huge occasion for Kildare supporters and a huge game for the Kildare team this weekend. It's, it's a really, really important that they avoid relegation at the very least. And there is still the outside chance of making a league final, but that would be a, an incredible bonus that I don't think anybody's really there thinking about. It's, it's all about avoiding relegation for now. Yeah, I draw my two. Po- I draw my two us, but uh, with, uh, yeah, yeah. With, with ho- let's hope everyone has a good time. Sure. Yeah, well, let's uh, uh, there's Ireland and Holland back in the World Cup was it in 1990? <laughs> we're knocking around for the last five minutes and no one go for score. We don't that, but uh, yeah, if that's the way it plays out in the draw, does everyone? We will all be happy leaving Carrick. Yeah, yeah. Look, Ger, uh thanks very much for your insight and your Kildare side of the story. Uh, very much appreciative. I know a lot of the fans will be listening to this on the way up to Carrick and Shannon or on the way to work during the week. So uh, good to have a, a good bit of knowledge of what's going on behind, uh, behind the scenes in Kildare and, of course, the team itself. Really appreciate your time coming on. No problem, lads. Thanks very much for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Chair. Good luck Cheers, in the Chair. championship. Cheers. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Now, and uh, that was Jerry uh, McNally there. Uh, good old chash. He was uh, he well able to, to rhyme out off the players anyway. It was very good. Yeah, he he knows his stuff on Kildare. He 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 can fairly talk. He had all the information come back for years. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just for anyone in Mayo, I came across a site there yesterday evening. Kildare three six five. Um. A lot of information there on, uh, Kildare and the players' games played, scores. Uh, I learned a lot about the Kildare team having a look at it. Worth a look? Yeah. Good, man. Um, tell me this, and uh, there's, a few, there's been a big appointment. We talked about a basketball influence in North Mayo. Yeah, uh, we talked about it last last week. I actually thought he was just going in as coach, but he's actually uh, Did we mention the going name? in as manager. Did we mention his name? Oh, we did. Oh, sorry, we didn't mention it last week. We were we were uh, subject to some judice, ref. <laughs> That's the word now. It's a sub judice. Yes. So Lee McHale has taken over Belmullet. I think it's pretty common knowledge. Yeah. Uh, I think he was along the sideline last weekend with them against Knockmore and one of the. Uh, North Mayo competitions. So uh, one of the one of the many yeah. North Mayo competitions. <laughs> um, very interesting. I, I put it up on Twitter. Very interesting appointment. With uh, will he change the style of play? Will he? Uh, will the? Um, of course, they're going to be missing a few players straight away, which is a bit of a blow for Liam taking over. There's two or three of the team from last year 
moved away. So, uh, interesting watch, Bill Mullet. What way the year could go either way, I would I would say at this stage. Yeah, it sure could. Yeah, it's hard. No, it's hard. No, you, you know, you just don't, don't know how teams react, especially after a season like that where they had such a great season and losing a few players could uh, shake things up. But sure, we'll see. Time won't be long telling us. Yeah. Um, reading the Mayo News today, Ref, there was a story about Mayo GA signing a five year deal with Swinford Amenity Park for the use of their facilities. Uh, this is one that I hadn't heard about. There was no talk about it. There was no leaks from the county board. It seemed to come out of the blue, to be honest with you. Your thoughts on it? Uh, well, look, we don't have any pitches. So if we have a couple of pitches that we can train on and we're not putting clubs out, um, then all be it. So, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. It just came out of the blue, so... Um, look, at it. it's done now. It's a five-year deal there in place, so they have five years now to get two pitches up and running. That'll be all weather and that can be used during the year, so the clock is ticking. Yeah, and they're badly needed. Ah, they the, are, yeah. The number, uh, as Jer was talking about there in Kildare, the number of development squads from... Uh, is it under 14 up to start it in Mayo, Ref? 14s, 15s, and 16s, 15s, I think, yeah. 16s, and then you have county minors, you have under-20s, you have the senior team. All of them need facilities. And then you have the and ladies. The ladies, ladies come under the one banner. You're going to have the same. Uh, I know uh, John Stagg, I'm involved with him there with the Hollymount ladies. His daughter is with the Mayo under-14 ladies team, so it's the same uh, age grades coming up at under-ladies as well. And yeah. then you have hurling as well. Uh, there's a severe shortage of facilities. So um, bacon is great, but bacon isn't always available. Uh, there's more fields needed needed in bacon as well. I would think bacon doesn't come cheap. <laughs> no, but no. Uh, uh, people are entitled to be <laughs> fields don't come cheap. Oh, oh no no they don't oh no they no, don't I'm, no. I'm not saying that I'm not saying they're yeah, over you know the, you know the point I'm making yeah you know the, the point I'm making come, yeah, yeah I do I do uh, um, fields don't come ch- cheap uh, uh, I think Mayo might be in Island 80 tonight I know they've been in Gary Moore a few times in the last few weeks and it's great that clubs are willing to give their facilities but now that the season underage and uh, has started off um, clubs w- mightn't be able to give their fields as readily as they have been up until now. Yeah, just the only thing that's a bonus is, I suppose, that the couple of days good weather that they've had as well. It'll weather, be, yeah. It'll open up another few corners here and there. Um, I know what the yeah, league's starting. The pitches in Kesselbar might get better too. I think to another couple of weeks. Yeah, another, another couple yeah. of weeks. They might be just getting in good shape. So all going well that we'll have our fields back and running and that we're able to kick on with the year. Yeah. Um, any other GA news ref around the county? The hurlers have their relegation playoff this weekend. The ladies met their Waterloo last weekend against Mead, performed very well. I thought I, I expected Mead to win by it was the better of the week to win by more than two. I thought they'd win by five or six. I think they won by six, but the, the girls put up a great battle. They went yeah. seven or eight down and came back. The first, the first um, five, five, ten minutes, of the second half was just intense. I think that it's going to be a match. Yeah, a huge score at the end. 
No, I was I was on the wireless because I was traveling to Oma, so I was listening into it. But uh, you'd hope with the four girls integrating back in from Australia in the next few weeks that and Galway, the Kilcarran Clumbaron girls haven't recommitted yet. When are they we back? Should have a the, little Aus- edge. the Aussie Rules participants. Is that season uh, finished? T- yeah, the Sarah Rowe uh, has a match this weekend, but the Kellys uh, and Rachel Cairns are finished. So I believe the Kellys are coming back this week and Rachel Cairns may be coming back uh, towards the weekend or early next week. So yeah, they'll be back in harness for the championship. You think we should have a little edge in Galway this year? So you're that looks like you're going to be at least a quarterfinal and probably a semi-final. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, yeah, look at it's um Yeah, the hurling for hope ref. Uh, oh, yes. Very good cause. So uh it's it's all over social media can, the last the last yeah. few years. Yes, um, and you can spare a few shekels. Get it in and now. Support it. Yeah. Um yeah, I actually, I think, I think I shared that article during the week. It was just, it was crazy. It's on this, um, it's, on to, it's on tomorrow. Mm. Starting tomorrow. So when you're reading this or listening to this, it, it, you know, it's still, you can still donate. Um, it's heroin. Um, I read the article again, yeah. the last day. It genuinely, with life and perspective, and I'm sure that everyone um, will appreciate what's going on and, and, and the situations that we could, we, we could all be in. So, you know, it's important that we rally around. And I said it before, for other events before, it's the same idea, you know. There's no point us not rallying together in this. We look out for each other. So hopefully it's well supported. Yeah. So the plan for the weekend, Ref, um, I'll probably head to the Gary Moore game Saturday night. Unfortunately, I'll miss my first Involvement with the Hollymount ladies on Sunday morning. Uh, young girl Sean is having her confirmation, so I'll miss the Mayo match as well. Uh, you'll okay. head off to the Mayo match, ref, and you might do Twitter spaces. I will. I you will. were I'll MIA t- last week. I'll try my best. So I had other commitments. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, and we might do a Twitter spaces Saturday night. Yeah, we might uh, um, after the games when the games are on when everyone's at home around what what, what time will it suit nine or ten we we'll go for t- nine or, or maybe even a halftime report if anyone at any of the games wants to come on with us uh, we we bring them on and they can give us a halftime update if if ref if you're caught up they can come on with me yeah uh, and vice versa yeah yeah. Um, It'd be nice for people because the first day out of the club season, the big day with the senior teams and intermediate teams, I know they've been playing a little bit in Sweeney Cup intermediate and uh, bits and pieces already, but it's yeah, but it's the first big weekend of football. So people will be interested who's playing. Will there be lads uh, from the 41 released to play with their clubs, or will all of them be out, or what the story will be? I think in Galway, some of the lads will play. With the count, the county lads that weren't involved will play league matches, so it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I think some Char- lads might need football. I think Charleston had an injury the, during the week or last week. Niall Murphy done his cruciate, big loss. Jack Riley's in America. Yeah, so yeah, uh, and I, I, good I, one, th- one thing I will say as well that there's a lot of clubs that have to deal with two or three years worth of immigration. Yeah, 
So there's going to be a lot of people leaving um, and left already. So a lot, of, a lot of players that would be big names that have relied on over the years might be gone come the league. So we just don't know yet. People are still making up their mind as I speak. But look, it's a chance for someone else to jump in and, and the show goes on. County champions are still going to be the county champions. And it'll still be hard won at each level. Yeah. I'm told Tim Morris played Lewisburg in a recent challenge game and the new addition played at full back. Who's the new addition? Shane Allen. I don't think that's yeah. true. Oh, well, a man who was at the match told me he did. I don't know. Maybe he was mistaken him for something else. Him porkies. I don't know. Maybe he did. Yeah. He did. I didn't hear that. No, I heard he came on all right, but I yeah. don't think he played. He could have. He could okay. have. He could have. He could have. He could have. Who knows? Um, yeah. What else is there on the moment? Yeah, that's it. A couple of challenges on around the place. Um, nothing else really happening. Yeah, uh, the Mayo Miners played Kerry last week, I believe, in a challenge match in Ennis, and Kerry beat them by four points, which would be encouraging, uh, given Kerry's recent record at uh, minor level. If they're within four points to Kerry, yeah. Depending on what both teams had, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. The under-20s are working away. They're only less than a month away now from their championship opener. I think they played against Westmead Saturday evening. Yeah. They won. Frank I Irwin. Hear... Frank Irwin played midfield. Okay. Yeah. Was Sam Callanan playing ref? Do you know? I don't, I don't know about Sam. I just heard Frank Irwin was playing. Okay. Yeah. We'll get more for you. We'll have it all tidied up for you. And, uh, yeah, we do. There, there, there is talk that Sam Callan, Frank Irwin, Rory Kane, and Paddy Heenan have been released back to Dundee. Yeah, it's only McHugh that's staying with, under, with the seniors, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, right. fair play to James for releasing them. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, that's it. We're wrapped up. Uh, good showing, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have, I'll have a bet of the week maybe towards the morning keep an eye on the social media channels when I see the Mayo team I may be putting up Kildare okay okay. and don't be jumping in before me anyone let me get my money on <laughs> okay sound sound folks right that's it Enda thanks very much up Mayo